This is On The Man In The Ring With Coco. I'm your host, Coco. And you guys, I am so sorry. I just realized, say, that my Survivor Series episode never loaded. And I was just, in general, just late during the day one. Like, I just had some stuff going on and just didn't get around to it at the time. So, I was going to do that today. But, looks like I have to pull double duty today for you guys, which is totally no problem. So, you guys, uh, Survivor Series uh, for 2021 was a little... Uh, was interesting to say the least. I'm not 100% sure how I really felt about it, but I guess we'll figure it out as I break down everything here with you guys today. So the two matches I honestly was only really watching it for was Becky and Charlotte and Roman and Big E. So the Becky and Charlotte thing... <sighs> Honestly, I'm not a fan of Charlotte. If you guys if you guys are like avid listeners, you guys know I'm not a fan of Charlotte. I always say it's nothing in regards to her talent. She is talented. I will give her that. I'm not taking that away from her by any means. My issue with her and also the company is that the simple fact that she really gets more opportunities than she should. Like there's other people that you guys got a beer with me. Go hit this little squirt bottle because I'm trying to do my hair. It's been a long week. But um, the the main thing that gets me is the fact that it's like, I remember when she was in NXT, how Ric Flair has said, like, oh, she doesn't get any special treatment. You know, she has to, you know, work uh, work as hard, if not harder, just, you know, like everybody else and, you know, all this and that. And it was always like, you know, oh, you know, basically it was just ba- the whole sense of she was getting no special treatment. But I just find it amazing that as soon as they got on the main roster, why is it that she was the one that was given the opportunities to be you know the at the time the divas champion which turned into the raw women well the women's championship which ended up turning into the raw women's championship I just thought that was really strange because it's not like she was just way ahead of everybody else like you know Sasha was fully capable you know um Becky at the time I feel like was definitely capable for sure. And just even recently, uh, she did an interview on Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold. And, you know, like, she she felt like she was awful. And Becky wasn't awful, but it was just a simple fact that you could tell that she didn't have the confidence that she has now. It's just a thing. But um, to the point, to get to the point with that, with me saying that, it's just, it's hard to really believe that there's no, like, special treatment when it's the simple fact that a lot of the times the reason why she's just in the mix somewhere just kind of doesn't make sense. Because she just gets thrown in the mix a lot of the times where you got other people that they just have to scratch and claw and earn. Like, there's no reason why Sasha should have to go through the, the maze or run the gauntlet to get an opportunity to do something half the time when... You know, Charlie just gets thrown in there. Like, I just, I don't, I don't think it's right. I, I don't think it's right. Because all in all, back in the day, in the Attitude Era, Trish was like, her and Lita was like number one women. And they still had to scratch and claw for opportunities. They didn't just get put there just because they were, you know, extremely popular or because they were extremely talented. They had to scratch and claw for everything. They had to earn it. And she doesn't have to really earn her opportunities. And I just don't think that's right. Um, so, you know, I just always had a problem with her getting the special treatment and there's so many women that work so hard and just don't get no opportunities at all. So that's really my thing. Uh, but just to break down the Survivor Series, uh, pay-per-view, 
Um, you guys know on the pre-show, it was Shinsuke Nakamura, who is the Intercontinental Champion, versus Damian Priest, uh, the United States Champion. So, of course, Shinsuke defeated Damian Priest by disqualification. The match was, uh, you know, a little under 10 minutes, but... Um, all in all, in my opinion, I honestly felt like the match could have been a little bit better. I was annoyed that it was won via disqualification, but I just feel like that was one of those things they didn't really put a lot of work into or a lot of thought into for that matter, because that match could have been really something good. It could have been really, really good. Like Damian Priest is very tall and a lot of the times it is hard for certain people. Like there's not a lot of short people there, but it is hard a lot of times with any sport for the most part to work with people when there's so when it's like a huge like height gap or you know and stuff like that. So uh the fact that Shinsuke and Damien aren't far that far apart in height was really good. The athleticism level is honestly in my opinion pretty evenly matched. Like Shinsuke, you know, he's he shouldn't get, <laughs> you know, he's, you know, King of Strong style, but, you know, um, the Japanese athletes tend to be known more for outside of the strong style for like their quickness as well as their athleticism. And Damian Priest, like he has a lot of athleticism. Um, I know that certain moves aren't part of his arsenal, but he is pretty much the package to be honest I feel like if they shine him up just a bit like if he gets a little bit more experience I truly feel like he could be like champion one day he could be WWE champion universal champion like he has all the tools like he's he's strong he's quick he's agile his promos could use a little work. For the most, he makes decent promos. Like they're not bad. He's he doesn't have bad promos at all. But he could be a little bit more convincing, honestly, within a little bit better timing. But that's just my opinion. Um, so I was a little shocked. I was honestly hoping that Damian Priest would have won that match. But you know, it is what it is. I'm a huge fan of Shinsuke too, so I guess that worked out. Um, let's move on to the men's Survivor Series match. So that match was about 30 minutes. So Team Raw was Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Austin Theory, and Bobby Lashley. And of course, MVP was, you know, with Bobby Lashley. But for Team SmackDown, we had Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and Sheamus. And of course, Madcap Moss, and I hope you guys caught my air quotes there, uh, accompany Happy Corbin. So honestly this was one of those survivor series elimination matches i just was not feeling you guys i was not feeling it at all because it's like normally you look at the teams and it's like you kind of you can see it you can you can see where they were going there you can you can see how that could be a good match i was looking at those (coughs) oh excuse me i was looking at those teams and I'm just looking like what? Like I was just looking like what? It was it was just a couple things that was just kind of off to me about it, and I just I wasn't rocking with it, honey. I just I was not. It it was a no go for me to to be honest. Um, was it Team Raw defeated Team SmackDown to win the Men's Survivor Series match? 
uh, honestly, I was kind of hoping that SmackDown was going to take it. They didn't, so I was a little disappointed. But, um, I mean, given the people they had on the team for Team SmackDown, in my opinion, it was just a little odd because I just don't see how some of those people can have chemistry. So it was just, I don't know, it was some weird pairings in certain aspects, just in, in my opinion there. But um, all in all, you know, it was... Honestly, I would probably give that match on a scale of A to A to F. I I would give it a C. Honestly, it it was nothing special to watch. Whereas normally the Survivor Series matches, like usually somebody has a really amazing performance that you're just like, oh my gosh, or you know, or normally you have all these great moments happen, or. You know, usually something really, really good happens in those matches. And this was one of those that, uh, you know, that was one of those years that it was not popping for them. Uh, so it was a little disappointing. So um, I really, really <laughs> am annoyed about this. So you guys know for months uh, leading up to Survivor Series, I want to say maybe for about two, maybe three months. I want to say more like two, but who knows? I'll just say possibly three just to cover my bases here you know they have been advertising the rock being there because you know he debuted at survivor series you know back in 96 so it was the 25 years of rock so they also partnered with pizza hut which this was like the weirdest thing i have ever seen in my life you guys like i'm not even i'm not even trying to be funny i don't even feel like Nobody can say I'm making this up. This was like probably one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, why do you have all this Pizza Hut pizza like lying in the ramp? And then you gotta buy the you gotta buy the ring. It's on the table by the ring. It was just so. It was just a shameless plug. Is not the word that would be a couple steps up from what this was. Like I honestly, it was just the most pathetic grab I've one of the one of the most I'm not gonna say the most one of the most pathetic grabs for a, a plug I've ever seen in my life it was just terrible and I'm just in my mind if I was the rock I would have been like oh at least y'all tried because what like this is what y'all doing like I just think that's weird I'm so sorry y'all I told y'all y'all gonna hear the spray bottle because I've had a long day I'm trying to multitask I got too much stuff to do so it just, I don't know. It just didn't sit right with me. Um, almost, almost, I always say his name wrong. Almost, he won the Battle Royal. And it was just kind of like that Battle Royal, again, nothing special. Like normally when they have Battle Royals, like, you know, same thing. It's usually something, you know, special that happens. Or, you know, somebody has a really great performance. Again, this is one of those situations that was not the situation, okay? Um, and also that battle royal was about 10 and a half minutes or so. Like I was just kind of annoyed with the whole thing. Um, now another match actually, and I'm surprised. I don't know how I forgot this. Um, the other match I was really looking forward to seeing for that was the tag team was the tag team versus tag team. So uh, the tag team, I cannot talk you guys, the raw tag team champions who, uh, was it? I cannot talk. (laughs) Uh, RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Riddle versus the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, uh, Jimmy and Jay Uso. That was about a little under 15 minutes. That match, in my opinion, it was good. 
I wish they had, I wish maybe they would have had maybe a good, like another five minutes, at least four, a good extra three, four, maybe five minutes. And I feel like we could got some real, real good magic out of that. It was a good match. I would definitely like to have seen them go again, like maybe the Uso show up on Raw or, you know, RK Bro show up on SmackDown and then they have a, you know, like a rematch or something like that would have been really good. So I'm kind of annoyed that... WWE didn't book something like that because I feel like that could have been that could have been some good money right there. It, they could they would have had some good marketing too on that. So I'm just a little disappointed with that. Um, so the women's Survivor Series match. So Team Raw was Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Zelina Vega versus Team SmackDown: Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalya, and Tony Storm. So. Team Raw defeated Team SmackDown. Um, that match was about twenty, a little under twenty four minutes. I honestly was kind of surprised. Like I again, I really thought the SmackDown was gonna take that match, and the fact that they didn't was a little shocking to me. To be a hundred percent honest, um, I was kind of surprised with the fact that. It was kind of booked the way it was. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to explain it so you guys know what I'm talking about. But uh, that whole thing, in my opinion, was kind of weird because it was just kind of like, yeah, Bianca was still trying to, you know, get her uh, get her <coughs> rematch and stuff with uh, Becky. And it, so it was just a mess. But um, all in all... I was a little disappointed with that match too. It was better than the men's match in my opinion, but it that was again one of those things where it was lacking. Now, unfortunately, I really hate to say this, it's not the first time that the women's uh Survivor Series match has lacked. I mean, do we need to do we need to talk about the whole seven on seven thing from 2013 with Jojo and Eva Marie and them and Tamina and the time that we really need to talk about that because I I think that was that was like one of the worst and I really hate to say that but that was definitely one of the worst um I just I feel like for that match that had been almost as long like it was a like what seven seven and a half minutes shorter than the men's match I feel like they still had a good amount of time to really make some magic, and they didn't. So I was a little disappointed with that, and I was a little shocked because, you know, Rhea and I want to say Bianca, I could be wrong, they had participated two years ago in Survivor Series, you know, when it was, you know, for brand supremacy, the whole NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown, when they did the the triple brand, you know, Survivor Series. So I thought it would have been some better chemistry in certain aspects there, but it just didn't work out that way. So it was really, really disappointing. Uh, well, not let me not say that. It wasn't really, really disappointing. It was just a bit disappointed that I didn't see some of that magic that we had saw previously in that type of situation. Um then Roman Reigns versus Big E. So Roman Reigns, Universal Champion versus Big E, the WWE Champion. So I honestly, I was anticipating this match as well. I had high hopes for the match. I honestly, I was very shocked. I was very shocked that Big E didn't come with the fire that I thought he did. Like, it's not like he did bad, but 
I honestly expected so much more for him. We've seen way much more for him. And I really hate to say this because I'm a big fan of Big E and I really, really, really felt like that would have helped his title run. But I felt like he just kind of fell short in that aspect. I, I felt like, you know, where's that biggie we see that, you know, goes hard in those tag team championship matches. And, you know, we needed that same fire and we, we didn't get it. And I was a little disappointed by that. I was I was definitely a little disappointed by that. So that sucked. Um, but Roman Reigns ended up defeating biggie. And, you know, to a degree, it kind of wasn't a surprise just because of how Roman's character is currently right now as the tribal chief. So, again, it wasn't too, too surprising, you guys. But um, definitely expected more from Big E. Just like I said, just a tad disappointed with him. Just wish he would have brought that fire he brings to those tag team championship matches. Um, so, the match I really want to talk about. <laughs> the, the Raw Women's Champion, the man, Big Time Bex, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion. That whole thing was just, it's great storytelling. Ultimately, it's one of those things that you just, to a degree, sometimes can't write. And I say to a degree because there's been times in the past where you know, stories have been written where somebody betrayed somebody or somebody felt betrayed or something that turned on somebody. And it was written. It was part of, you know, the, the story. But sometimes these things actually happen. These relationships, you know, with these people break down. And, you know, this is one of those situations where their relationship broke down. And it's sad because it's like, as much as I don't like Charlotte, I feel like... Everything I say about why I don't like her, like, was shown in this whole situation. Because Becky raised some good points. You know, it was all good. And y'all, you know, was best friends. And y'all friendship was flourishing. And, you know, it was always, you know, ride or die when it was her on top and when it was her being successful. But as soon as Becky started, you know, getting to that level and, you know, and honestly, in my opinion, surpassing because I don't care how many title reigns you have. Because sometimes you can have all the title reigns in the world and it don't mean nothing. Charlotte may have a lot of title reigns. She may have the most title reigns out of any woman. But guess what, honey? Becky has the credibility, in my opinion. She has worked her ass off. She has been thrown to the back and you know forgotten you know from the people in the office so many times and she's persevered every single time and came back better every time and she she gives you everything becky gives great promos now don't get me wrong i was a little surprised that when she came back some of her promos weren't good because when she you know before she left you know to have her baby rue you know, her promos was always on point. I never questioned, you know, the authenticity or anything. But after she came back, a couple of her promos were kind of like not hitting. They weren't as, you know, it wasn't as good. And I was just kind of like, oh, I was like, maybe they wrote that for her. I was like, because normally, you know, her promos are always like great. So I was a little, I was a little surprised. And I honestly don't know why. I was a little surprised that things got as heated as they did between these two. But, I mean, I should have expected it because when you're that close to somebody and then things go wrong, like, it's a lot of animosity. So, I can 
I can understand that for sure. I can I can certainly understand that. Um, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, it sucks to see, you know, a friendship go down the drain, especially you can tell how close they were. And I've been in that situation before, so I completely understand. So I, I can see how that got volatile really quick. But it made for an amazing story. Made for an amazing story. Now, the thing that made it even more interesting is both of them did press right before the that match. And, you know, of course, they were both asked about the, you know, title exchange situation on SmackDown. So, what I found interesting is the fact that, you know, is Becky is handling her own business. You feel me? She she handling her own business. She, you know, she's saying what she got to say. She's not letting nobody speak for her. You know, she, you know, she's saying, you know, the situation, you know, is what it is. You know, she's she giving the actual factuals. You can tell. Charlotte won't say nothing about the situation. And normally, normally with, when, you know, relationships break down, whether it's a friendship, you know, wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, Normally, when any type of relationship breaks down, usually it's the person who don't say nothing. It's usually the person, like, taking a high road. Because usually the other person's trashing the other person for no reason. But this was not one of those situations. We know this was not one of those situations. We all saw how this played out over the years. So, there's no, oh, Becky's just jealous. Or, oh, Becky's just... You know, feeling herself too much, or she needs to know her place, or stay in her lane. It's it's not it's it's none of that. It's it's none of that, sweetheart. What the situation is is just what Becky said. And if you really pay attention to what has happened over the years and how everything has played out, you can tell that everything Becky is saying is true. Look at how good of friends they were when everything was all you know when everything was all about Charlotte. But like I said, as soon as Becky started getting some shine. Clearly, Charlotte started feeling threatened, and it became a problem. I just think that's crazy. If that's really your friend, you should want them to shine no matter what. So, um, I I think it's strange that, well, let me not say it like that. I find it amazing that Becky doesn't need anybody to talk for her, to, you know, sit here and, you know, try to back her up. She got it. She can hold her own 10 toes down, period. But Charlotte, sitting here trying, like, sitting here pretending like she's the better person and that she don't got to sit here and talk about this type of stuff. Why is your father, why is your old-ass dad, I don't care legend, icon, or not, why is your father sitting here taking every opportunity, every chance, every little piece of time he has with his old butt and sitting here going out of his way to talk about Becky Lynch all the time like I just think it's amazing on top of the fact let's not ignore this on top of the fact that he also uses every opportunity to take a shot at the company okay just because y'all parted ways does not mean that you just need to be talking mess now I feel like there's so much more to the story on racing because I think it's weird that all these years you never had a bad thing to say about the company, but as soon as you are, as soon as you in WWE part ways, and I'm not even going to say as soon, but not too long after, let's say that not too long after, he sat there and said they mutually parted ways. Y'all remember on social media, he said they mutually parted ways. He had some stuff he wanted to do and, you know, he had to leave the company to do it. You know, he was trying to get his own profits. He didn't want them to have any type of profits from it. Now, 
I think it's a little obscene that he decided for whatever reason to start taking unnecessary jabs. Like, as soon as you go to AEW, now all of a sudden you got so much smack to talk. You got so much negative stuff to say about the company. But isn't it ironic? And (laughs) baby, I mean ironic. Isn't it ironic that I believe it was either earlier that year or maybe the year before he left, he was on social media talking about Bret Hart, calling Bret Hart a miserable person and a miserable man. And he was like, oh, I never want to have people look at me like, oh, he's just miserable. Like you had all this negative stuff to say about Bret Hart having and just having an opinion about stuff. But now you're basically doing the same thing that you accused, accused, not saying Bret Hart did it, but accused Bret Hart of doing. There's a difference between having an opinion and just lashing out and being negative. When you have an opinion, you're just being honest. But when you lashing out, you you always got to be negative with your comments. And there's a, a people don't a lot of people don't understand the difference between negativity and just being honest. Some people sit here can sit here and say, uh, let let me just randomly pick so Dana Brooke. Somebody could just say, oh, that girl is just god awful. Why is she even on TV? Okay, somebody could say that. And then somebody could just turn around and say, like uh, Corey Graves did. That time, we know, uh, a few weeks back on Raw, he said, you know, she she has no accomplishments here. He said, so he was like, you know, he was like, there's a difference between putting in work and climbing the ladder. And then, you know, just sitting here trying and getting nowhere. Like, yeah, it came out to some people, man, it came off a little messed up. But he wasn't being negative about it. He was just putting the facts out there. He wasn't being rude about it. He was just simply stating the facts. I can see how some people can say that wrong. And I can see if maybe her feelings was hurt by it. But that's perception. You can't control people's perception. And unfortunately, it was the actual factuals. Dana Brooke has done nothing this whole time she's been here, she has accomplished nothing. As of right now, yes, she is the 24-7 champion. But, girl, come on. At this point, anybody can be 24-7 champion, baby girl. Just like anybody could have been hardcore champion back in the day. So, so what have you really accomplished besides the fact that you just accomplished doing nothing the whole time you've been here? You've done nothing. And even when they team her up with people, the people they team her up with are always better than her, in my opinion. And let's be honest, because, baby, when they teamed her with Mandy, I was annoyed. Because, in my opinion, I felt like she was holding Mandy back because I feel like Mandy has all the tools. Mandy has every single tool there is to be a great women's champion. Period. She has the look. Her mic skills need a little work. I mean, but they not bad. Like, you know, her mic skills not bad. It's just that she she doesn't seem to think real good on on a whim. You know, it seems like she, you know, even based off of the script stuff they give her, like her timing is a little off, but that can be fixed. That can really, really, really be fixed. But like I said, her her promos are not how some people's are and just got off of like she she doesn't need a lot of help in that aspect. But she has everything. She has the look. She talks pretty good. She has the skill. You know, she has the endurance. She has what it takes. She's put in her time already. She can get this done. So it was a little annoying to see her wasting her time with Dana. 
Uh, but all in all, back to the point at hand here. It's like, it's it's not like Rick was just stating facts. He's just being negative, just lashing out. Why is it that your father has to talk to you? And then why is it that he always feels the need to attack Becky Lynch? Okay, so you're upset. You're you're upset about this whole the man thing. And, you know, we all remember with the whole when Becky started calling herself the man, he went on a rampage and started, you know, getting on social media, lashing out, talking about some he needs to be getting paid. He needs to be getting royalties. He needs to be getting some type of money for that because it's his phrase. It's not, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. And for even people who have no no background or idea how legal works. I'm not going to say the justice system because that's not the same thing, but how legal works, that's not that's not the same thing. He, We all know the famous line, to be the man, woo, you got to be the man. Like, you know, we all know. It's never just like you said, oh, you know, it's like never like you just got up there and did the promo. It was just like, oh, you know, if I, <laughs> if you want to be the man, then I'm going to be the man. You said if you want to be the man, you have to beat the man. That's the line. It's not just like you, it's not like you just coined the term the man. It's if you want to be the man, you have to beat the man. That's your, that's your line. Just like Stone Cold, Austin 316. Even Stone Cold said he does not own the rights to Stone Cold. He doesn't own the rights for it. Do you see him fucking complaining about not getting money for that? No. No. In my opinion, Rick is only complaining about it because he needs the money. And it's clear that he needs the money because, let's be honest, we everybody knows about his legal troubles. So, sweetheart, come on now. But I feel like all in all, it was a really good story between Charlotte and Becky. It was a good match. Pretty much what happened was what I thought thought was going to happen. I had a feeling like, oh, Charlotte's going to probably cheat and Becky's going to beat her, you know, and maybe Becky will hold the rose. And then Charlotte's going to go out there and start talking about, oh, she had to cheat to beat me. So I just find it amazing how when Charlotte has to cheat to win, it's always, oh, I'm the best. So, you know, I told you guys I was going to win and I went out there and I won. Yeah, but you had to cheat. But when somebody cheats, like when somebody cheats to beat you, it's a problem. Like it's 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 that whole oh it's it's that whole double standard. Oh, it's okay when you do it, but it's not okay when somebody else do it. That's my problem. Like yeah, it's part of her character because she's healed. But you can tell so much of that is real. She believes that in her mind. She feels like she can do whatever she wants, and it's just supposed to be that. But nobody else is supposed to be able to do what she do. She feels like she can cheat and win, and she feels like she can just get opportunities without having to earn them but if somebody else does it it's a problem I just think that's just bizarre just straight up bizarre honey um you know also about the the firings who Jesus y'all know them releases baby a mess um the one I want to talk about the most is the whole Frankie Monet John Morrison whole thing so, never been a fan, fan, never been a fan of hers. Didn't like her in Lucha Underground. Didn't like her in Impact. Just not a fan of hers at all. I don't like her look. I don't like, I just don't like her. Her whole gimmick comes off as a, uh, basically like a wannabe Melina Luchadora. 
Like, why do you have to wear the furry boots? A lot of her outfits I've seen have looks like ring gear Melina has worn before. And I just think it's really weird, especially seeing as the fact that John Morrison dated Melina for over 10 years. I think that's a little strange. So I, I just, I don't know. I just go off of vibes. And it's just sometimes I can just look at somebody and just get a vibe. And, you know, I just, I never care for her. I don't care too much for her work. Um... I I am the type of person, however, you can be my biggest enemy in the world and I don't care how much I don't mess with you, how much I dislike you, how much mess I may talk about somebody. I do not like for anybody to lose their job. That's just how I am. Like I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Like messing with somebody's livelihood is just a no, no, in my opinion. And I get the business is business. I do. But that just, it hurts to see stuff like that, you know? So it's like, I just think it's crazy that she took it. She took the firing fine. This is the thing that makes no sense to me. This is what makes no sense to me. She took the firing fine when she got released. But then a week later when John got released, that's when she's, oh, F you. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me take a step back, y'all. I skipped some part. <laughs> so she initially took the release fine. She took the release fine, but then when rumors started swirling around on the internet saying that WWE didn't want women over a certain age and they didn't want to hire women over a certain age, that's when she wanted to start getting real like defensive and lashing out and baby girl, nobody confirmed that. First of all, I never saw that that was confirmed from anybody. That was really just a rumor. Now, granted, we knew about the whole them wanting the like coaches and stuff like the actual, you know, backstage people like the per not producers, but mainly like the coaches to look younger. But we never heard anything. We never got any verification on the talent. We never got any verification on the talent. So it was like, what are you talking about? And even if it's true, let 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 me just play devil's advocate for a second. Let me just play devil's advocate for a second. Is it wrong? Absolutely. I don't care if you applying that KFC as the cashier on that job application. It says they cannot discriminate by race, age, sex, economic status, anything like that. So I feel like, yes, that should also pertain to that. However, again, business is business. I can, to a degree, make sure you hear me when I say to a degree, I kind of get it. It sucks, but I kind of get it because you got to remember, it's like I really hate to say this is the thing that's killing me. Like, I really don't even want to say this. The problem is, unfortunately, that's one of those things where you have to kind of expect to a degree the sexism and the just overall discrimination as far as gender for the simple fact that, and I love Becky Lynch. I sincerely do, but you have to look at it like this. Becky was at the top of her game. Becky was getting it popping. She was doing things that no man, any other man or no man or any other woman has ever done in this industry, let alone that company. And she got pregnant. 
nobody knew she was even trying to subset it herself on broken skull broken skull sessions he said that it was planned nobody in the office knew it was not like they talked to vince ahead of time or nothing it was planned between them and then they just had to spring it on vince you know we'll spring it on the company but mainly vince so yeah, it's like when they sitting here making, when they sitting here have to, you have to take so much stuff into account is what people don't understand, especially with that type of business. You got to take into effect all the departments that now have to either undo something, redo something, possibly pay fines, anything like that. You got to think of marketing, legal, you you like, it's so many things you have to think about because they didn't, like I said, it's not like they talked to Vince ahead of time and said, hey, Vince, you know, we decided we want to, you know, try to, you know, have a kid. And, you know, maybe they would have said, well, maybe he would have said, well, oh, OK, you know, well, we're not going to change any of the plans we have now, but we'll start making backup plans. So if you do, you know, so if you guys do get pregnant, then we can have a backup plan already in place. So we'll know what to do instead of scrambling, trying to figure out something to do. So it's like with men, it's not like that. It sucks to say. And I honestly, it pains me to say, I really wish I didn't have to explain it like this, but it's different with men because men, they, they don't get pregnant. They don't have to take time off of work necessarily. Most of them usually do. Cause you see when, you know, after Becky left, you know, stuff left like right before, like he left like a couple of weeks before she was due. And he stayed gone for like, what, about a month or two and then came back. So it's just like men don't have to be out of the mix as long as a woman. And sometimes they don't have to be out of the mix if they a dead because, I mean, I'm pretty, I mean, it's a lot of them that got kids and we never knew they got kids and we always have seen them on TV. So, I mean, I'm just saying. So I, I understand her frustration. I 100% agree with her. I just feel like that she needs to understand business is business. Now, the whole thing about Tony Khan and the other people at AEW talking about, oh, they're not signing actual contracts over there. That's never really been a secret. So I'm not really understanding what the issue is and why all of a sudden now people are turning into this big thing. There's... There's been talk for a very long time. It's been known a known thing for a very long time. I can't even remember... Uh, who originally I went John Cena actually I think some years ago like maybe like 2014 or maybe earlier than that I can't remember I remember he did an interview and he talked about like you know you're you're signing you're signing papers it's almost like when you it's almost like when you work for a company but you technically don't work for the company it's like if you sign with one company let's say you go to a job interview, they say, hey, you know, the, the interview is going to be at 3500 Lake Street. You get to 3500 Lake Street, you see the name on the building says, oh, um, you know, Hudgens, uh, Hudgens and Company. And you go in there and, you you know, they're telling you, well, oh, well, yeah, sign this, like, you know, and then you can start this week. And as you're reading through the paperwork, it says, oh, you work for AT&T. Okay, technically, you're not really working for AT&T. You're an independent contractor. When you work under a company as an independent contractor, you're not technically an employee there. You're not technically a real employee. You're just a contractor. You're basically a third party. So it's like that's pretty much where their contracts are. They're basically just contractors. They're like, yes, they're WWE employees, but they're independent contractors of 
WWE technically, or I guess you could say with WWE. So, um, it's just a little annoying, especially like Tony Khan. Like I just can't stand him. He's so annoying and he pressed. That's the thing that really gets me is he's so pressed and he try to act like he's not. He's so pressed because why do you have to take every chance that you get every time you open your mouth? Something about WWE always comes in the mix. The question somebody asked him could have nothing to do with the other company. It could just be simply about something going on in his company. And somehow he finds a way to work WWE in there. It's just so freaking annoying because it's like, why are you so pressed? WWE doesn't take the time out the way he does to sit there and talk about them. Like, yes, there's been a lot more references lately over the last, like, I want to say almost a year. I'm not going to say full year. I want to say almost a year. There's been a lot more AEW references on TV, on WWE TV, but not the way AEW does it. It's just so pathetic. It's just such a grab. It's like, it's almost like a cheap pop. Like, it's just so agitating because why are you so pressed? They busy over here working and yeah, they may say something every now and then, but you find every chance, which is basically every time you open your mouth to say something about them. It's just a little pathetic. It's just a little pathetic. Um, I feel like he needs to grow up. I feel like if he continues to do that, his father just probably needs to find somebody else to take over because he just, he's, he doing too much. He needs to stay in his lane, worry about what's going on with his company and stop trying to worry about what's going on. Like, you know, stop worrying about what's going on with WWE. Just build your company, you know, try to, try to keep your company afloat because y'all ain't been popping that long. So worry about trying to keep your company in the, in the green you know, and keep progressing to try to keep progressing to keep it going instead of sitting here just always worrying about what they're doing. It's just a little pathetic. Like, you don't see Impact, you know, sitting here saying stuff about them all the time. Like, Impact a reference and say, oh, like, I would like to wrestle this person. Or, oh, I like this segment. Or, oh, I thought that segment was weird. But they don't take the time out to just throw straight jabs all the time. It's just a little, it's just, it's just annoying and it's whack. It's just whack as hell. Um, but back to the point. Uh, you know, Frankie Monet, she, you know, Tara Valkyrie, whatever you want to call her. <laughs> it was just a little annoying that she just, I get where she was coming from. Like I said, I sincerely do. I wholeheartedly understand and I feel for her. However, at the end of the day, business is business. You knew, you knew how they were before you started working there. I think, I think the problem that people have when it comes to that company is they treat it like it's almost like a female who gets a guy who can't keep a girlfriend you know you sit here watch this guy you know they all these women and just never work out and then you get with him you think you special you think it's gonna be different he just treats you the same way so you you thought you was gonna be that special you thought you was gonna be that special to them that you just didn't have to worry about ever getting, you know, released. That's pretty much what it was. Let's be honest. Because based off of what she has said and based off how she's acted, that's pretty much what she thought. She thought that she was that big of a talent, thought she was that big of a deal, thought she was gonna be that big of an asset that she wouldn't have ever even been looked at to be on the chopping block. Business is business. Now, as much as I don't really care for Britt Baker, I really don't think she's as good of a wrestler as people make it seem. Like honestly. I'm still trying to even figure out how she even made it in the top 10, let alone top five for, you know, uh, you know, women's wrestlers of 2021, the top women's wrestlers of 2021. But, um, 
because her her a lot of her ring work is just sloppy. Her transitions are sloppy, just like Brandy Rose. Like honestly, Brandy Rose is terrible. She is not. I don't even know why they even bother with her. Like, well, let me not say I don't know why. We all know why. I I'm all up for everybody trying their hardest, putting in the the best work they can and doing the best they can and trying to live their dreams. But when you ain't got a boo, you ain't got it, and she ain't got it. <laughs> she she ain't got it. She should have stuck to ring announcing or just being a valet because she ain't got it. <laughs> her transition sloppy. Like her acting is bad. Like her like she's no sweetheart. She's a pretty girl. I think she's smart. I think she probably just needs to work more on the back end. Like, you know, maybe just valet or whatever, manage or whatever. But as far as the in-ring skills, she ain't got it, sweetheart. <laughs> she ain't got it. But um, it's like, you know, like I said, as much as I don't really care for Britt Baker, because in my opinion, I feel like her ring her ring work needs some, needs some work. Uh, and her promos, too. But the point is, she made a comment and... I really agree with what she said. You know, she, you know, she made a comment about, you know, how, you know, things work differently, you know, between that company and AEW, you know, between WWE and AEW. And, you know, she was like, basically in the statement, she said she, you know, is disappointed sometimes that, you know, you basically get promised things. And I will say that I will go on record saying that and you can quote me on this. Because other people have been quoted as saying this. A lot of people who have worked for WWE has made comments of the fact that WWE makes all these promises and then they don't follow through majority of the time. There, Even Batista has said that before. So it's, it's not like it's something far-fetched. It's not like something somebody's just pulling out their butt or anything. It's a simple fact that... Britt Baker made a point, you know, you at one company, they make all these promises and they don't follow through. And then you get to this other company, they make promises and then they follow through and then some, you know, but she at the end of that said, but I also get business is business. What's so hard about understanding the business is business. I feel like Frankie Monet, she, like I said, Tara Valkyrie, you make Frankie Monet, whatever the heck you want to call her. That's pretty much what it is. She just thought she was going, she thought she was a big asset to the company and she just didn't think that that would happen to her she just thought she was that big of an asset so it's like her I feel like her ego was bruised really is what caused her to lash out and then it didn't help that her husband got fired well got a release let's say like that release a week later so yeah it sucks both of y'all lost y'all you know main source of income you know it's not like they're not doing other stuff you know because not like that was their only source of income but you know that was the majority of your income so like i get it you upset you frustrated but it's like at the end of the day like bird becker said business is business like you need to be prepared for that everybody knows even john cena said everybody knows it's never been a secret that they make releases every year it's always at least twice a year like yeah they made today it's always right after wrestlemania and it's right always at and and right like it's usually right after Survivor Series too like usually right after Survivor Series and usually right after WrestleMania is when they make cuts and yeah you'll get like a few releases in between like you know in between that like maybe in the summer or something but they always make cuts right after WrestleMania and right after Survivor Series before the end of the year that's how they've always operated so why are you like I'm just I'm not understanding you should have been prepared for that especially seeing as that how many people have been released over the years. Period. Point blank, baby girl. It's not. It's I, I. I feel for you, but come on, girl. Like, come on, girl. Come on. Um. 
I feel like as of right now, it does. I feel like WWE is getting too much slack for all the releases. You know, Disney, let's like, because you can, this is verified information. Disney has released over 30,000 employees and ain't nobody said boo about it. Ain't nobody said boo about it. Y'all sitting up here upset they done released like 100 people. And Disney done released three, three, what, uh, Disney done released over 30,000 employees. I think it was like 32,000 or something like that. I know for a fact it was at least 30, but ain't nobody sitting up here hooping and hollering about them Disney employees is being fired, but y'all sitting up here throwing a fit over this. Like y'all better go on somewhere with that mess. Okay. Um, I feel like overall Survivor City, oh, let me get to this real quick because I almost forgot. So, also, you guys know uh, Nia Jax was released, Ember Moon, Karrion Cross, Scarlet. Um, honestly, Karrion Cross, I'm not 100% sure what they were doing with his character, but I did re- uh, recently read an interview where he said that it was just more of him just not being assertive and, you know, him, you know, responding to stuff where them saying, hey, let's do this, and him not basically not putting his two cents in. So, I mean, if that's really what it was and it was just kind of like they released him because they felt like his character wasn't getting the traction they expected it to when he got on the main roster, that is partly on him for not speaking up and saying like, hey, I, this isn't going to work. I don't think this is going to work. Let me, let's try this first. And if it doesn't work, then we'll, then we'll try your idea. I, I do feel like to a degree he has to take some accountability there. And he did. He did. So I'll give him that. Um, Nia Jax. I'm extremely disappointed with her as a person. Extremely disappointed. I've never been the biggest Nia Jax fan. Like, I've I've supported her. I'm not necessarily a fan, but I've always supported her. But it's just... I Okay, at one point, I supported her a lot. At one point, I was, like, a fan. I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, this is this is something different. I was, I was trying with her. But honestly, it didn't take long for me to start disliking her for the simple fact of... When she first got on the main roster, I think she was on the main roster for like a year when that whole situation came about when they it got uh it got revealed that she had called, you know, her cousin, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and told him she wasn't happy with where she was at, you know, her role in the company. And, you know, she basically was looking for some advice on what to do. And he basically told her, If you don't like where you what you doing, where you at, then quit. And she wasn't too happy about that. But here's the thing. Everybody got to pay their dues, boo. Just because you did X amount of time in NXT, that doesn't mean you paid your dues. Paid your dues mean you do your time in NXT, you do your time for X amount of time on the main roster and show them what you really got and really put in that work. And then if you like, if you know, if you know you really bringing it like that, if you legit bringing it like that, then you go to them and say respectfully, let me throw that on there. Respectfully, go to them and say, hey, like, look, I'm looking for opportunities. You know, I've been working hard. You know, I'm doing this. Like, you know, my whole thing, if she went to them, if she went stomping in that office and told them, listen, I've been here for a year. My win, like my win percentage, I win 89% of my matches. That's really good. So, yeah, I could have seen her really having a, some ground to stand on and say, hey, like, you know, you need to be giving me some opportunities. 
But just the fact that you just wanted to go whine to your cousin about it and then you didn't get the support that you, you didn't get the response, I should say, that you wanted. Because it's not, I don't, I don't want to say support because sometimes supporting somebody, people think that supporting somebody sometimes is telling them what they want to hear. Supporting somebody is not telling them what they want to hear. Supporting somebody is acknowledge, listening to them, acknowledging what they said, and then being honest with them. And that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. And that's what he was supposed to do. So... I mean, my whole thing is, look at Tamina. Tamina done been there for over 10 years and ain't barely got nothing to nothing. She's had one title reign and that was tag team champions with Natalia. And it took over 10 years just to get that. She ain't never been a singles champion. And you got to do that within a year and some change. A year and maybe, but probably, yeah, probably like 13 months or whatever. I think, or maybe it wasn't within her first year she got captured at Raw Women's Championship. I can't really remember now. But the fact is, you did more in your first year than Tamita did in 10 years. So it's like, baby girl, you need, she don't, she don't know how to be grateful. And that's what really irritated me with Nia Jax. She doesn't know how to be grateful. Like she's a little inconsiderate too, from what I've seen on Total Divas. But, um, it's really more of the fact that it was just, I was real disappointed with how she handled the whole situation. Like that was strike one for me with the whole thing when, you know, it got revealed about her conversation with the rock. Then, you know, I still tried to support her after that. You know, I wasn't necessarily a fan anymore of hers. I was just more of a supporter. But then when, you know, she got released and it was, you know, she was, uh, you know, which granted upset, but it's like, you sitting here talking mess. Like, you know, I feel like I was, I feel like I was fired because I asked for an extension on my mental, my mental health break. Girl. Do you have any proof of that? Like, even if you don't got nobody in the office that's going to back you up on that, I think you need a little bit more proof. Like, a little something a little bit more concrete than just speculation. Because sometimes speculation can work. But in this case, girl, you ain't got nobody backing you up. Not even any coworkers. Not even these other women in the locker room on that whole thing. So, girl, I don't know. But, um... The thing of just really, just like I said, the disappointment of how she handled the whole thing. Like, girl, you are talented. And I, I was surprised they released. I was very upset because I really feel like she was on the people that was going to be around. Like, even Booker T said, to quote Booker T, he said, yeah, he said, Nia Jazz. He said, yeah. He was like, I was shocked. Like, she was on the people I felt like was going to be around for a really long time. It was very, very shocking. But because it's like you keep somebody like Nikki Cross, but you don't keep Nia Jax. That just kind of doesn't make any sense. Like um, you keep Dana Brooke, but you don't keep Nia Jax. That just kind of doesn't make any sense. You keep Liv Morgan, but you don't keep Nia Jax. Like granted, Liv's been doing good. Liv still needs some more experience and a little bit more work. But Nia, I would still take Nia over any of them any day. So you know, you kept Eva Marie. Well, Eva Marie did end up getting released too. But, you know, the fact that Nia got released first, like, it just really didn't look good. But um, just how she handled it. And then it's just like the trash talk that's been coming from her lately, you know, talking about, you know, she was like, I wouldn't join the bloodline and all that. Like, why the F would I do that? And I, you know, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, basically she said she would never return to the company and all this and that. And it's just like, girl, girl, lick your wounds and get over it. And I really hate to say it like that because I understand. I do. But it's just like because of how she's previously approached other situations, it makes me just feel a certain type of way about it. Um, 
the fact that even Reed just even got brought back from the get go when they was already had already released so many people uh was a very annoying, not even a little, just very annoying. Um, Ember Moon was very shocking. You know, again, there's so many other people they could have released that would have made more sense. But Ember Moon, promising, promising talent. So that was very shocking, very disappointing for sure. Um, all in all, I felt like they, they, they have, they, they're running the business, you guys. Let's be honest. They're running the business. They got, they lost a lot of profits too because of COVID. So let's, let's just keep that in mind. Let's, let's stop acting like they, you know, they the big bad wolf. You know, just because somebody has a lot of money doesn't mean they don't take a huge loss like everybody else. Like, yes, they were able to keep working through the pandemic, but they lost so much revenue. They lost so like so much that revenue. Like the, like think like the fact that think of all the the money they get from concessions from the places and you know the merchandise, the extra merchandise they sell at the events and you know the the you know the money they make on the marketing end and you know like all of that stuff. They lost so much revenue because of the pandemic. Ticket sales. Ticket sales is the main thing. The fact that it was over a year, it was a year and a half, and like so come on y'all come on but all in all to rate the 2021 survivor series on the scale from one um not one while <laughs> on the scale from a to f overall is it's gonna be a solid c that's all i can give it um if i had to rate the individual matches that'd be totally different i would definitely give the becky charlotte a, a. i think that's the only match i would give an a honestly um I feel like the the tag team match, the you know Raw tag team champions and SmackDown tag team champions, a good B plus. Even Roman and Big E, I feel like that maybe an A minus on that. I wouldn't say a B. That one was an A minus because I feel like Big E kind of didn't pull his weight, and I really hate to say that. Well, let me not say he didn't pull his weight. I feel like he could have did just a little bit more to really send over edge. If he would have brought that fire. To that match that he bringing them tag team champion championship matches, I felt like that that would have been golden. That just would have been money right there, baby. But uh, you guys, this was on the mat and in the ring with Coco. I'm Coco, and I'll see you guys for the day one, the day one talk. Okay. <laughs>